We are Lisa and Angie, and you are listening to another episode of Pep Talks and Prosecco. If you are loving this podcast, we would be so darn grateful if you left us a rating and review on this podcast platform. You can also let us know that you're listening to our podcast by taking a screenshot of this episode and sharing it on your socials. But remember to tag us. We are just so freaking happy that you are here. And now it's time to settle in with your favorite glass of bubbly and enjoy this week's pep talk. Cheers to you, Lisa. Cheers, Angie. Happy freaking Sunday to you, Lisa. Here we are. Happy Sunday. For a second, let me know how good it is. Wow, it tastes so good. So good, so good. It does. It never gets old for us. Nope. Or maybe our listeners, but too bad, so sad. You're here. <laughs> you're stuck with us, you guys. And here's hoping you're enjoying a little bubbly, bubbly yourself as you listen to us. Right. We're gonna get busy with the fizzy. Busy with the fizzy. Welcome back to another episode of Pep Talks and Prosecco for this fifth season. I'm still not getting, I still haven't gotten used to that yet. I know the sound of it is pretty like fabulous. Like we, we sound very casual and nonchalant that it's like, you know, only our fifth season of our podcast, but it's our freaking fifth season of our podcast is really yeah. helpful. Yeah, it's so awesome. And today's topic is something that you and I have discussed perhaps at nauseum. Um, <laughs> I almost, <laughs> we, we've talked about it so much uh, personally. It is, we are immersed in it as a topic, as a culture right now. And I think COVID really shone a light on this as well. And I would say you'd be hard pressed to find a work environment where this word hasn't come up in conversation. Am I right? I think you are so right. And if you haven't guessed already what the topic of today's podcast is, we are going to talk about burnout. Ooh, ouch. It's a doozy. It is. It is absolutely a doozy, Um, you know, for such a little word. It is a very loaded word that carries so much emotion and meaning, and it could have a variety depending on how it has impacted you or continues to impact you as well. Yes, absolutely. So basically when we talk about burnout, because language matters and maybe just kind of giving us an idea of how it might show up in our lives, it's often defined as um, extreme emotional, physical, or mental exhaustion. Yeah. Have you been there? Have you felt that before Mm -hmm. that extreme exhaustion? That extreme exhaustion, which I would say is often accompanied by increased cynicism as well. It's kind of like it's kind of like the Robin to the Batman, 
<laughs> in a partnership. Kind what? of like, yeah, all of a sudden, you know, you're, like you said, cynical, you are unable to see the bright side, maybe in things. I, I often will catch myself thinking that everything is shit right now. <laughs> Um, that's a sign, right? That, oh dear, you're, you're on the verge of burnout. Yeah. What are some other indicators that you've had, or you've experienced Lisa, when you are immersed in burnout? Because I, I know for a fact you've been there. I've been there. Mm -hmm. I don't want to assume that everyone has, but I feel very confident that I can say, you have also experienced it. And what have, what have been some of the experiences or indicators that you've had? Well, you know, first of all, I want to say that I, we, you and I both have worked really hard at avoiding getting to that stage of burnout, but I can certainly look back and see times in my life where now I can identify that as holy heck, you were burnt out. And, you know, for me, it was avoidance. So I can think back to times in my life where I was totally burnt out and I didn't want to listen to a voicemail. I didn't want to answer the phone. I avoided emails. I, you know, didn't want to go out. I just wanted to avoid everyone and just kind of be by myself. Mm. And um, yeah, I just, I found that I, I procrastinated and I just didn't want to take on any of my responsibilities I, I actually remember one sorry I remember one time thinking I just want to get in my car and just drive away for a little while just go on a little vacation and not deal with anything mm, I I'm listening to you and I am working really hard to um not start to cry right now mm -hmm. because what you described I have had those feelings and I'm guessing we have listeners right now that probably have just stopped in their tracks or stopped in their sip of Prosecco and went holy shit is she reading my mind mm -hmm. because you have described an experience that I think is all too familiar for yeah. so many people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, you know, it's empowering to know when you're not alone in this, because like knowing what I know now, obviously I didn't know that back then. And, and, um, you know, I, I, I sought out, you know, help from a, from a, my doctor and, you know, because I, I, I wanted to make sure that I was doing everything to take care of my health. Um, I didn't know then that I was burnt out, but now looking back, I can see that that's what it was. It was, it was absolutely burnout. It was, I'd given, I had given everything that I had and I was completely depleted. Mm. That makes me I, I agree with you, like just that whole sense of knowing that someone else has also gone through this. So my sense of aloneness, even though you and I have spoken about this a lot, I don't think your description 
has ever been that detailed for me. And um, I felt like you just took a page out of my book and um, out of my journal. Right. And so that makes me feel like quite vulnerable right now. So I'm just trying to, (laughs) I'm using my strategies right now to, to get myself in a space where, um, you know, I can be clear in my thinking as we go through this podcast, because I don't think I realized how raw some of those experiences still are with me and your description there was just like okay maybe the wound is still um Mm -hmm. a little bit fresher than than what I thought it was I know for me I had this mindset this belief that that burnout was just the price you paid for having ambition or wanting to be valued, or to be have the opportunity for increased and enhanced success. And I, I can distinctly remember the hours that I was putting into this notion, either physically doing tasks that really didn't change an outcome, but gave me the ability to say that I was starting work at this time in the morning and not leaving. And, you know, the whole parking lot game that I talked about in the summer series. Yes. And I also had this notion that in order for, for this to be worth it, others needed to know about it. And that's hard for me to say and to admit that, but It wasn't by accident that I would send an email to someone who I reported to at like 11 o'clock at night. It's not like I didn't know how to use the delayed delivery function on my email. I, I felt like I needed to make sure other people knew just how much I was exhausting myself in order to be, you know, good at my job. I, I felt like that was criteria. And I felt that in other capacities of my life as well, but there's just one moment in my, in my life professionally that I can really go back to. And that's my, that was my mindset. That was my beliefs. And I didn't stop there. I actually wanted to inflict that and expect that from others. And again, that's not, I don't say this lightly because I've learned, thank goodness, so much Mm -hmm. since then. And I remember someone saying to me, you have your work ethic, your beliefs, but you do not have permission to impose that on other people. And that stung at the time, but it was probably the TSN turning point for me in, in shifting my, my headspace, my mindset, all of those things. And that probably was the first little, you know, kind of crack in the pavement of Mm -hmm. of me changing what was a very solid belief about what I needed to be, who I needed to be in order to be successful. And burnout really was the root outcome of all of that yeah 
thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that because again, I feel I can totally, I, like again, you're, I've been there. And I, yes, you, you're saying all of the things that I've experienced as well. And I notice it in others now. Like I, I actually just said the other day that I see my old self mm. in, you know, someone that I know quite well. And I think, you know, it was quite a bit younger than me, really, you know, just starting out in their career and thinking, I remember being that person. And that person is the person you just described. Oh, interesting. Angie, was that, look at me, I'm working. What are you doing, <laughs> right? Um, burning the candle at both ends. And, mm. and, you know, now thinking, yeah, like you were on the verge, sister, <laughs> when you were behaving like that. And how grateful I am now to be able to recognize those signs. You know, when you were talking about um, work and, you know, feeling like you had to do more and, and, you know, work long hours to prove that you were good at your job. I really think that that is the impetus for so much burnt, like experiences around burnout. I think it's kind of a, a cycle where if you're good at, if you love your job and you care about your job and you're good at your job, you're probably more likely to be asked to take on more responsibilities. What? Oh, that would never happen. <laughs> never, never. So you're passionate, you love it, you're good at it. People are recognizing you for how, how efficient you are or how good you are at your job. And all of a sudden you're finding yourself in this place where you're saying yes, and you're giving and you're giving and you're giving and you're giving until, like I said before, you're totally depleted and you have nothing left. Mm. The cost is pretty freaking yes. high on that. The impact on your health as a result of not dealing with stress buildup, like stress is inevitable. We're, you're going to experience stress yeah. in your life no matter yeah. what, but it's that it, it's ignoring when it starts to pile up mm. that, that can tend to lead to, to burnout. And I think people in, in um, helping or caring positions. I don't know. I wonder if they experience burnout at more, you know, more significantly or at more of an increased rate than, than people who maybe aren't in those caregiver roles. I don't know. I'm just making an assumption there because we tend to be more people pleasers or, or givers. Yeah. And I mean, the research, especially that's coming out of COVID now would tell you very clearly that burnout is even further compounded by those who are um, in a parenting role and even exponentially further for often for um, female um, for that mother or maternal role within the parenting relationship. Um, that's what that it's, it's pretty clear that that research is coming forward, even in countries such as ours, where the, um, the home life scenario um, often has more balance of responsibility. 
um, it, it's coming through really clear that that's that that is the case. And so it's really difficult for me right now to not start to segue into another episode that we're going to do. I know, I know. And, and I can see you smiling at me because I think I'm reading your mind a little bit and we're going to, we're going to hold true. We're going to, you know, stick to our boundaries on, yes. on that. But we, we, we are going to have another episode this season where we go into our discoveries and how that's resulted to strategies and actions that have, have worked really well for us. And um, it's hard to not go into that one, you know, go that way today, but we have lots more around burnout that we want to talk about here. Yeah. And, you know, we, I talked about COVID a little bit and I think one of the other phenomenons that, that definitely is linked to burnout and, you know, we, we can all blame TikTok, but <laughs> the whole notion of um, quiet quitting. Oh, yes right um mm-hmm. and i listen to a lot of leadership podcasts personal growth podcasts that is how i spend every single morning from monday to friday while i'm getting mm-hmm. ready i immerse myself that is how i prepare myself to to go into my day and this certainly has been a topic that many different podcast hosts have have delved into because it has been it literally is a TikTok sensation yes um that is impacted you know the corporate world um and beyond and so I think it would be interesting you and I've not had a conversation Lisa about our individual perspectives on the concept of quiet quitting so I'm wondering if we could take just a couple minutes during the podcast here today and just talk about kind of what your take has been on it versus what my take has been on it. What do you think? Yeah, for that? Sure. I would. Yeah, I'm game. Let's do it. All right, everybody. If you are like us and have fallen victim to sacrificing your goals, because I don't know, you're too busy raising your family, or maybe you're in a demanding career, you're struggling to find motivation or heck it might be all of the above we have been there mm-hmm. through our successes and failures we have discovered a formula to building habits that don't just last but they stick as well and that is how we've been able to reach our goals and it's also why we created sustainable habits our free seven-day habit building course in this email course we share our proven formula for building habits that last. So we are gonna show up in your inbox for seven days straight and share with you strategies and tips that will get you closer to implementing small habits that are going to lead to significant results. So click on the link in the show notes or head to our website, weatherwill.com and click on courses to find sustainable habits. First of all, I'm not sure that anybody really understands the definition of what quiet quitting actually is. Um, When I first heard the term, I thought, um, oh, well, this isn't a new phenomenon. People have been doing just enough to get by for 
years and years and years. Like, yeah. Well, so like parking lot game. Hello, parking lot game. Right. (laughs) And I guess, I guess we should preface it with that (laughs) is that quiet quitting in a, in a nutshell is what Lisa Mm -hmm. just said is you're doing just enough to basically not get fired and lose your job. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, sorry. We should, we should have started. I should have let yeah. up. We maybe should have started with what we, like what the, what it, what it is for sure. Yeah. Okay. So at first I, you know, when I first started thinking about this concept of quiet quitting and, you know, I thought, well, if you don't love your job, if you don't love what you do, then just quit, like put everybody else out of people around you kind of out of their misery of being, <laughs> of working with you and go find something that you love, that you are passionate about. But like you, I've, I've listened to a few podcasts. I've read a few, few articles on it. And I've started to wonder about, is it more than that? Is it more than just folks who are just phoning it in, right? For the sake of gathering a paycheck. Are we at a time, maybe as a result of COVID, where we as a society or as employees are starting to think about um, what are we willing to do at the expense of our health? And do we need to do more than what our job description requires of us? And what exactly does exceeding expectations mean in relation to my own health and wellness? So I've started kind of rumbling with the notion of quite quitting from, from that perspective and really as a leader starting to think about what would my role as a leader be in someone quietly quitting within my organization? Mm. Oh, curious upon curious I am. We could have done a whole episode on quiet quitting, I think now in retrospect. I have so many I have so many thoughts and I have so many questions. Mm-hmm. First of all, I think it's easier said than done to say, if you don't like your job, find a different job. Oh, for sure. For and, sure. And I was like, like, I, yeah, I know. I, I know. I, <laughs> I know you were. And, um, but I also think that the root cause, in my opinion, of quiet quitting is burnout. Mm-hmm because of lack of knowledge and education about the impact of burnout and how we turn into this concept of um, human doing instead of human being. Yes. And we equate that the time put in should therefore give us completion of all of these tasks. And we don't quite understand the impact that burnout has had on our ability to think clearly, logically, um, how compassion suffers, um, how productivity um, has, has significantly declined, Absolutely. how joy um, mm-hmm. basically is like, uh, you know, a death eater from Harry Potter and is like sucked out of you. Right. And so <laughs> I, I do, I do have a belief around that. And so mm-hmm. then when I look at quiet quitting, I really have to ask myself if, if, if I were to get to that point, this is how I've been broaching it. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've very much personalized it is 
how would I manage knowing that my contributions weren't bringing forward the value that I know I have the potential to bring? Yes. I'm, I'm not sure how I, I don't think I would handle that well. I think, um, you know, sparse experiences of that, like here and there, maybe, but as, as a, a new baseline, I, that would be incredibly problematic for me because I'm fueled from that. Yeah. I love knowing that I have skills and I have value and that I make a difference in my contributions. And um, there's more to that, that I could talk about, but just trying to be a bit succinct to my answer. Yes. Here, I'll stick with that. Yes. Then I think about, and you spoke about this already. I'm, I would feel incredibly uncomfortable knowing if I was adding to someone else's workload. Yes. I do in current responsibilities have to <laughs> increase or shift workloads because expectations, priorities, policies, mm -hmm. all those things. Mm -hmm. Those are, those are things that are beyond my control, but to know that yes. I was making an, a conscious decision that was going to impact the workload of someone else yes. would be incredibly problematic for me. Yes. And then the other piece for me would be, it makes me incredibly sad to know that I am limiting opportunities that I don't even know exist because I've moved into this, you know, do enough itis. And I can think logically about that now, because I am not currently burnt out. Right. But if I was hey. in burnout, I don't know if I would be able to draw those conclusions. So I understand I'm very much talking from a place of, um, you know, in a, in a, in a zone of being of, of healing mm -hmm. as, as opposed to a zone of hurting. And so my ability to think the way I'm thinking right now is I'm using all areas of my brain, whereas if yeah. I was in a zone of hurting, I, I, I wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, I think you have just nailed it right there. Here's the podcast where we shine a light on what quiet quitting truly is and well, define what it truly is right here with Angie Bockwell on uh, in season five of Pep Talks and Prosecco. I think, I think you've nailed it. I think that I, I do think that the root of quiet quitting is burnout. I don't like the name. I don't know that it actually refers to what folks might actually be doing, but, yeah. um, but and I do agree. Yeah. And there's so many different takes on it. Yes. Right. Because we're going to have people that listen to this podcast and go, you have no freaking clue what quiet quitting is you do. Um, that's okay. <laughs> and that's why I personalized it from this was, yeah, this yeah. is my interpretation. And this is, these are my thoughts on, on knowing yeah. myself, my self-awareness is incredibly high. Um, yeah, I just, it's such a interesting conversation. And I really like listeners, I would encourage you to mull this over with someone else, like have this conversation and, and put yourself in that position. If you're in a position of, you know, a zone of that, um, you can be logical about those thoughts, right? right. You know, how, how would you handle that? And yeah. I think that would just be a really interesting conversation to have. So yeah, I'm, 
go ahead. You were going to say something there. No, I was, what I was going to say is that that is kind of how I personalized it, but from the the viewpoint of a leader, Mm, what might I be doing around, you know, role clarity and, and expectations and, and, you know, ensuring that people feel appreciated and, and making sure I'm not overworking them or asking more than what their job description or their mm-hmm. duties, you know, require. So just kind of looking at it from a different, from a different lens. But before we wrap up, I wanted to circle back to a conversation that we had um, during our, our first episode of season five around busy um balance and other bullshit other bullshit bullshit because I think it relates to burnout okay and it was when we kind of talked about the difference I'd said that that I believe that there's a difference between doing it all and having it all Mm. And the doing it all right, of course, is being and doing all of the things for everyone versus having it all. And and I had said during that episode that I believe that we can have it all. Mm. And I want to unpack that a little bit quickly as it relates to burnout, because I think that therein lies where burnout, that spark of burnout might come from. And it's that disconnect between who we believe our true selves to be mm-hmm. and who or what we're being told we need to be or what we need to do. Oh, and then yes. there's, <laughs> you know, yes. Yes. So when yes. there's that imbalance and you're on the hamster wheel and you're doing all the things that you think you're supposed to do, when I say I believe we can have it all, I'm not talking about the big house with the white fence and the fancy car and the perfect kids and the, you know, dinner parties on Fridays. I'm talking about having it all as it aligns with our values mm. and what we believe to be important in alignment with our true, our true self. And so I've been thinking a lot about that, the difference between being it all and having it all. And how does that relate to burnout? And that's kind of how it's kind of clicked for me is that because you're going to hear lots of podcasters and researchers and influencers that say you can't have it all. You can't. And that's a lie. And that's a myth. Mm. And that's why we're burning out Mm. is because we're trying to have it all. Mm. And I just, I wonder about when we have clarity around what we really value and mm. what's important to us, mm-hmm. is it possible? Well, I know it's possible because I'm living it. I'm content in my life right mm. now. And I live a joyful life because I know what I'm, what my true values are. I'm clear on those. And that gives me the power to say no to the things that don't serve me and yes to the things that do. And so I just wanted to unpack that a little bit more because I've been thinking about it since we did that episode and how that might relate to burnout. So thank you for letting me just kind of talk through that with y'all. No, that's so, that was so good. As you were talking, I kept thinking about um, an exercise that we go through when we do fundamental five, our five week course 
And um, we have conversation about how we define a certain aspect of our, of our life. And I just, it really reminds me of the evolution of that. And I think for, as you were talking for me, I was thinking for me, having it all really is about my well-being. It's about always in that ongoing state of gaining knowledge is really important for me. It's about connection Mm -hmm. in so many different ways. And the, the other big piece for me is just that curiosity is, is alive and present. And you just, you offered me a moment to just reflect on that. And so I, I appreciate that. Like I can tell now when I am in the red zone or just about to embark on the red zone of potential burnout. And there is like one thing that I do when this happens and it happens less often every, every, like every season I go through, it happens less often now. And the first thing I do is I go to my husband, our amazing podcast editor who makes us us sound so awesome Steve yes (laughs) and I I say to him I I I'm not doing super well right now and it often is accompanied by like a little cry sometimes uh, a bigger one and he doesn't say a word he doesn't need to And like, you know, like, he'll give me a hug or whatever it is. It always happens in the kitchen. It always seems to be like, that is the landing, the the landing spot. And then I'm good. It's like, I just need to release that. And he absorbs a bit of that for me. And I've shared that experience. And then I feel like I can catch my breath. It's like my safe place to land. And, um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's so good. It's, and I'm so grateful for that. That is, I love that. Mm. I love that so much. I love that you have, cause you said connection, right? It's so nice. Yeah. That you have. yeah. And I was thinking of the pressure valve. Mm. It's, it's a safe place for you to just let the pressure valve go and let the pressure yeah. release. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I have loved this conversation. I, I think our listeners, I know you guys are going to relate to this. Um, We've probably made some comments that have made you just like stop for a moment. I was quite dramatic when I just said that. So it's too bad we don't have video anymore because my whole body was like, (laughs) let's go. I, I did it all. It was like, a, it was a whole uh, dramatic play that just went on now. She truly, truly did. Yeah. And you, and you, you are not alone. And, mm-hmm. and I think there's so much power in knowing that. And I can't wait for a future episode where we really provide you with some education and knowledge and opportunities to maybe practice some actions and strategies perhaps implement some habits that will just help you catch your breath and have fewer moments 
of being on the verge or being immersed in, in burnout. I love that. And I just want to say one final thing. And that is that, um, un, unchecked burnout can lead to, um, medical, you know, depression, anxiety. We are not here to replace, um, you know, any sort of medical advice. So if you are feeling depressed or anxious, please be sure to reach out to someone for help. Thank you for listening and thank you for being cheerleaders of Lisa and I and Pep Talks and Prosecco. This really is the little podcast that could and continues to just get all the downloads and all the love and it's because of you and we are committed to coming back time and again episode after episode to deliver content that we know makes sense for you we hope you have an amazing rest of your day thanks for listening cheers to you cheers